There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hey Dave. Yeah Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow! Did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus. dot com slash acast and use code acast for twenty percent off your first purchase. Hello and welcome back to the Psych Legal Pop Podcast. This is a podcast where we talk about popular culture through the lens of an attorney and a therapist. I'm the therapist, Tess Brigham. And I'm Brooke Brigham. I'm the attorney. All right. And we are continuing our coverage of And Just Like That. We are on to season two, episode five, Trick or Treat. This episode was directed by Cynthia Nixon. And, you know... I decided that I was going to go into this episode with an open mind and an open heart. I said, you know what, Tess? You got to let it go. Kim Cattrall isn't here. (laughs) This is not Sex in the City. It's a different show. It's a different show. It is not the same show. You've got to let, you've got to lower your expectations. You've got to come into it with a new attitude. And I decided. How did that work for you? It worked really well mm-hmm. because I did enjoy this episode a lot more. It was better than it was the better. Past it was better, and and it did feel and and part of it was I think why I enjoyed it was that it the Carrie storyline did feel very much like a Sex in the City storyline, mm-hmm. and the other storylines around it felt a little stupid. But I kind of just was able to kind of let that go. I was just going to enjoy it, and then I listened to the writers' room podcast and I was bebopping along with it until the final 10 minutes where I heard Michael Patrick King say a few things that made me want to kill him or I'm sorry not kill him punch him in the face <laughs> so I could oh watch my. him bleed what what, ha- what uh, happened well do you want me to get into this now because this this just sure I mean we're there oh, we're, we're there we're okay there. so he, he and I think he really waited till the end of this episode to talk about it so He's talking about the section um, around uh, Che and the storyline of them getting their podcast nixed, right? Oh, you where the pilot? The pilot, yeah. sorry. Podcast. Getting the pilot uh, nixed, where they're watching the people from Times Square talking about the pilot. And, of course, their worst fears happen where they get um, someone else who is non-binary to talk about the uh, pilot and how... They painted the character of Che 
um, to be very one dimensional and um, all the things that Che had been telling the producers all along um, uh, that, you know, Che's character was just this cartoonish figure. Right. Mm -hmm. And the way I'm trying to I was listening to it on my way over here today because I was trying to remember his words and. It was just kind of the way... Do you remember this? I remember him talking about it, but I don't remember specifically like what... Well, what he talked about was this, was how the writers were all very surprised by how the audience reacted to Che in the first season. Right. Because they were a bit offended by how people had such a strong reaction to Che. Mm -hmm. And their interpretation of our interpretation of Che was that we felt like Che shouldn't, Che's too confident, Che's too much, Che's too this, Che's too that, and that we didn't like Che because Che broke up Miranda and Steve's marriage. Mm -hmm. And so therefore the entire audience didn't like Che. And I think that it was almost kind of like he scolded us that you don't like, like Che. We're, we're the closed-minded. We're closed-minded, and we didn't like Che because Che was too confident. And you don't like, you know, you. It's almost as if he was saying to us, "You're closed-minded, and you think that you know Che likes themselves too much, and a non-binary person shouldn't like themselves so much." It was so bizarre. Yeah, because that you could take the character of Che. And, and put the same characteristics on anybody, man, woman, gay, straight, yeah. whatever, and that person would be annoying. Yes. The, the character is annoying. It's that, hey, hey, how you doing? I'm Che. You know, that sort of that goofy, like, you know, caricature type. Yeah. That's what people are annoyed by. Well, because what, what Michael Patrick King was claiming was that people loved Che in the first episode, which is such a lie, that people yeah, oh, yeah. thought Che was great. People loved Che in the first episode. People loved Che in the second episode and third episode, that it wasn't until Che fingered Miranda that people really started to hate Che. And that's because not even true. That's not true. And that why, but that they decided to write that scene of Che being faced with someone criticizing the pilot as a way of almost turning this mirror onto us of like us having to see how hurtful that is of of an outsider criticizing this non-binary person it's like wait a second here Michael Patrick King fuck you like I don't need you to tell me or to scold me or to or to woke shame me or whatever's happening mm -hmm. right now I'm sorry, but Che was annoying for exactly what you're telling me. But I will tell you, I did not like Che because I thought the character of Che didn't make a lot of sense. It made no sense. It made no sense. I did not like Che because because the character of Che was an oddly written character. For example, X, Y, and Me was the stupid name of a podcast. Um, smoking weed in a corporate elevator right. is dumb. No one's going to do that. The, you know, all of these things, the um, nobody walks in L.A., I took an Uber from my bathroom to my bedroom is a hacky joke. Mm -hmm. You know, all of the comedy concert, um, the fact that they said no jokes at the comedy concert and did it like a TED talk. Like you wrote a poor, poor character mm -hmm. and you wrote the, this character so poorly, so poorly that you 
you you fucked yeah. up. You messed it up. And that it wasn't until that you started to show and let all that non-binary stuff go and made Che a human being yeah. that people started to like Che. And I was listening to Little Miss Recap, Amy Archer's podcast, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and she's covering And Just Like That. And she talked about that show, Somebody Somewhere. Do you watch that show on HBO? No. Great show with Bridget Everett. Amazing show. And there's a character who is non-binary on that show, Fred Rococo. Excellent. And the, this show is, it's, the show is about everything and nothing all at once. It's such a great show. And this character is non-binary and the way they handle it is so beautiful. It's basically about like normal looking people living normal lives. And one of the leads is gay. And it's just like the characters are just normal people. Mm -hmm. And this non-binary character, they're they're non-binary. Well, no, I'm sorry. They're trans and maybe non-binary. But it's, it's a little bit... See, I don't even know because it's not discussed. It's not talked about. It just is. Right. And... That's how life is. Mm-hmm. And if you if that is what we should be representing, not this in your face, this is how it is. It should be this is who this person right. is. They're just right. let's just mosey on. Yeah. Like let's see human and, and what we saw was this character, Fred Rococo, get married and what that was like. Mm-hmm. And this is this is the person they're marrying, and this is them at work, and this is this is how it's like this is what we need to see. Oh. Yeah, this is it's just it was cl- too it's, much. It's clownish. The character is just clownish. It's offensive, I think. Uh, yeah, and I and, don't need you and, telling me how to feel. He is so wedded to this because he created this character. Yeah, this is his baby. He's very wedded to it. So I don't know what's going to happen because you know if uh, Che and Miranda part ways, which it kind of looks like it that might, writing yeah. is on the wall for that. What are they going to do with Che? Oh, Che is not leaving. Like, oh no no no! But Che's going to be part che of the show. Che makes no sense in this series about this group of friends. She's not. She wasn't friends with Carrie. They, they were co-workers who barely knew each other. You yeah, know? and then she just hooks up with Miranda. She, she has no relationship to any of the other uh, people uh, on the show. So I don't know. I. I, I'm yeah. I'm just. I'm so tired. Of, but I'm just tired of it. But I. It's just so. You're so full of yourself that that it was that. W- and they all are listening to him. Like mm-hmm, we all felt so misunderstood <laughs> by the world and how. I just love how he speaks for everyone. Like who is coming up to you, Michael Patrick King? Like your little inner circle of people. Yeah, they're not going to disagree with you. You're their boss, or your little friends. <laughs> your little your little industry friends. The gay mafia of yeah. New York or who Sarah Jessica Parker who's you know the two of you are so up each other's asses constantly I wonder how yeah I wonder how she really feels she would never tell him but no well how no. she really feels about uh, it I don't know no those two are know. so far each other they're just anyway. asshole buddies so much so anyway yeah so it just it just incensed me I was alone listening to that and I was like oh fuck you <laughs> I was oh so gosh. livid I because I just don't appreciate anybody telling me or schooling me like I just it's like you know let it's art let mm-hmm. me experience it yeah. let me let me decide how I feel about it and it just it irritated me so much and there are other people on television who are writing and creating characters like this and doing a beautiful job of mm-hmm. it and you are not 
Yeah. And you need to stop and stop telling me <laughs> how to feel. Okay. All right. All right. So that was my thing. All right. So where should we start? Should we start with the Carrie storyline? Sure. All right. Um, well, the whole Carrie storyline really starts with... Well, I guess we have to start with Seema, because that puts it into yeah. context about... Well, well, I guess we could start at the big ball because oh, they all right. gather. They that's all right. gather at this charity event for Charlotte's. I thought it was for Charlotte's school, but I guess it's this big charity Halloween. It's now fall. Uh-huh. Last time we saw them, it was summertime. It was deep in summertime, but now it's um, Halloween, and we see everybody at this costume party. And um, Miranda's not dressed up; she refused. Mm-hmm. And but Carrie is. Helen Gurley Brown. Uh, Miranda didn't think she would dress was dressed up. Yeah, she she thought that was her regular outfit. Um, and they are going to. I guess it wasn't for the school. I guess it was. I think for, it was, for was like a, a fundraiser a, for the park. Yeah, or Central Park. I guess that's in Brooklyn. This big. That's. Oh, that's what I, I thought heard they the were parks. in Central Park. Oh, maybe not. I think they were in Central. They were walking through Central Park to get. So that is. A, it's a beautiful building, and uh, who knows? Whatever. But it's a. It's a very kind of overblown costume part. It's very slick. You know, yeah. all the costumes are, everyone's in these elaborate costumes. Yeah. And um, I don't know. I, it, I don't know what it was for. But anyway, um, the, so they come in and they greet Charlotte. And this is, <laughs> this is the worst. The worst thing about Halloween uh-huh. is when Someone doesn't know who you yeah. are. What, and they say, well, what are you? What are you dressed as? That means your costume is yes. not good. Yes. <laughs> and so that's what they say to Charlotte. Because she looks like she's just wearing, uh, you know, just a sweater and some pants. Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, I'm um, Carrie Russell from <laughs> The Americans. And uh, and Harry is dressed up as the Matthew Reese, Matthew Reese character. And... And yeah, they and they were just couldn't believe that nobody recognized yeah. them. Well, I will say, Charlotte alone, yes. With Matthew, with with Harry, they do. Yeah, kinda, you know, yeah. you can see it a little bit, but it's just so funny because she keeps putting her hair over to one side. See, see, see. So that's this running gag throughout it is the fact that no one quite knows who they who they are. Um, so who, so everybody is there. Of course, Seema doesn't dress up. She just wears this really pretty dress. Naya is the Eartha Kit version of Catwoman. LTW is to the nines as Bride of Frankenstein. Anthony is the devil. Yeah, he's got some devilers on. Um, who else? Who am I missing? I'm missing somebody. Who am I missing? Uh, I think that's it. Is that everybody? Yeah. And of course, the nod is Herbert comes in and he sees Naya, I mean, Naya, sorry. He sees LTW and um, Anthony kind of dancing, kind of sexy to TLC. And he's, of course, now running for comptroller. And so he's very like, oh, my God. He's like, this is undignified. This is, yes, you can't, I can't do wear this. A costume. Um, and he's upset with her about it. But. They make this very meta reference to, she says, oh, you're not wearing your George Washington co- um, costume. And if anyone doesn't know, Chris Jackson played George Washington very famously in Hamilton. Yeah, the orig- original cast. And I learned when I was listening to the podcast that apparently he put on his actual, actual Hamilton costume. costume. 
um, later on in their little scene. And that's really all we see from those two is just that little scene. So I assume they're teeing us up for something in the future, in future episodes. There's going to be something that goes on with this comptroller race and her and her behavior or something to that effect. Yeah. Um, But, and then, yeah, am I... I feel like I'm missing someone, but I don't think I am. That's no. everybody, right? That's everybody. Yeah. So they're all at this big ball. They're talking about being single, Naya and Seema and Carrie, because they're all single now. And the three women decide, okay, let's all go out because Naya was complaining that there's no single men at this party because they're all dads and married. Um, so the three women, the three single women decide to go to a bar and at the bar, Seema meets a guy <laughs> that we will soon learn about and Naya meets a guy and Carrie decides, you know, she's like, well, this is a good time to do Wordle. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And so Seema's guy, we see the two of them together <laughs> and you know what the guy's name is? Ed. Ed. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and also, here's another thing we predicted. We, yes. we predicted an erectile dysfunction yes, storyline <laughs> before the season even started. Thank you very much. We had the vaginal dryness. Yes. We now have erectile dysfunction. I don't know what's next, like oh, shitting God. your pants. <laughs> no. Like, what's going to happen? Oh, Lord. Well, and they were talking about this on the podcast that apparently this is things that these women have encountered, like older when you're dating at this age. I didn't know that. I've never, I have never heard of this. I have never had a friend tell me about this. No, I've never encountered this. And I don't even know how the thing works or it's very bizarre. Yeah. So he pulls out his penis pump and... (laughs) He's like, are you cool with that? And she's like, oh, yeah, sure. That's cool. But God, I, I don't think it was very cool, ultimately. Yes. <laughs> so the next day, Seema is telling Carrie about the penis pump. And it's so shocking. And so like, oh, my God, she stops dead in her tracks. And she stops dead in her tracks in a bike lane. And she doesn't hear this guy going, bike, bike, I'm in the bike, bike. And she, uh, this poor guy, uh, she causes a crash. He falls off his bike and uh, breaks his arm. Well, I have to say, he could have avoided that. How so? It was very narrow street. He was quite a ways away when you feel like he could have he could have break he could have done it mm-hmm. he he thought you know the very entitled you know male behavior here he thought that all he had to do was you know yell bike bike get out of my way and that she would magically just get out of his way yeah and but and and he did not slow down he was barreling through there and then at the very last minute he had to break because he realized she's not going to move I think he had, there's some contributory negligence here. <laughs> well, on, on his the other thing is, you're not a biker. <laughs> you are not a biker. No, person. and I hate bikers. <laughs> That's the other they thing, They are too. so if rude. They disregard all the rules of the road. They are dangerous to themselves and to other people. Mm-hmm. You're not a bike person. No. No, I know that. No. If you want to ride a bike on a nice bike path that's, like, out of the way, But you know, those are bike paths. Those are designated bike paths paths for in new york these are designated bike paths well i am with you on I the fact you that bikers th- do run through a they lot of red stop, stop, they don't stop they stop don't signs. you are right but they those are designated for them i realize that yes. but i still hate them but my husband is a bike person so 
I, I, I do understand that part, but I do know you're <laughs> them. So the person that falls off the bike is, and I thought this was a great casting, Peter Herman, who is such a cutie. Do you know who that is? The um, actor? I really don't. Oh, he's so cute. You never watched the show Younger? Uh, I have watched it many years ago. Oh. I don't rec- I just I didn't recognize him. He's married to Mariska Hargitay. Oh, okay. From S. Well, that, that that I can place. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He's so cute and so perfect because he's so cute. Um. So she <laughs> she feels terrible. She takes him to urgent care, and then through a series of misunderstandings, she thinks he's like this poor broke. Yeah. You know middle-aged guy who has no money and no nothing and and um she he says you know my emergency contact is my partner so she assumes he's gay and but it's his business partner and all of that and so she decides to go to his house and bring him you know soups and all of that and she shows up to his place and he's got this giant loft and yeah with like calder uh mobiles i mean all this original art yeah yeah, not a, not broke. Yeah, not. so he's a, obviously a tech millionaire. And um, so, of course, they have this, you know, moment. They start to make out, but his business partner uh, interrupts them. So, and their whole, their whole thing was the fact that really, truly, is he single? No, he's got a partner already, a business partner. Yeah, who runs his life and tells him what to do and is constantly calling him and telling him about reminding him about this deadline and mm-hmm. really annoying I, w- yeah. I would not want would not want to get into the middle of those two. well but i also at the same time and maybe because i think peter herman's so cute but i at the same time was a little bit like well this project's about to end right like, you couldn't why? you couldn't wait a few I- I'm more days sorry, but your friend was just telling you about a penis pump like <laughs> Like, yeah, I, this guy I, might I'm, be. I'm sorry, Carrie. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, Carrie. Your friends are talking about penis pumps. You're looking around here, honey. Like, this guy is tall with a full head of hair. Yeah. Like, you're really turning this down. Yeah. Like, you're going to walk on out from this guy. I wouldn't be turning this guy down. I'd wait to see if he's pulling out a penis pump before I, you know, like, <laughs> before you make ditch him. Snap judgments. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. But, you know, that's so Carrie. It's like if one. One little thing isn't, you know, right for her. She's, you know, judgmental as, you know, she's a, she's still Carrie. Yeah. Well, and, but that was one of the things they were saying on the podcast. Like they felt like this was growth, like because she had gotten everything wrong, but she still pursued him. Like maybe the old Carrie would have just ditched him right then and there. But this Carrie kind of kept going and pushing herself. And, but the whole thing was so weird. Like when she was lying in bed with him and he was the, he was on FaceTime and she was like pretending to kind of like inch her way out of bed. I was like, he can't see you. Like, why are you pretending to insinuate? Be an adult. Like, just say, yeah, hi, I, I gotta go. Like, or just take yeah. the phone to George. Or just or go just... in the next room yeah. and like, give them their privacy or yeah. whatever. Or just say, hey, like, yeah. this isn't, why don't you finish your project and call me in a few days? Again, he's super cute with a full yeah. head of hair, tall, she didn't need millionaire, to... Calder. I mean, <clears throat> hello. She didn't need to, yeah. to be so, you know, judgmental. Yes. So anyway, anyway that, I, I wouldn't uh, listen. I would have kept dating him myself. Yeah. So why are you ditching him? And what what was her? I can't remember what her. And just like that, when she left, oh. uh, I forget what her. And just like that was. Oh, yeah. I found a new part. Was it about partners or? 
Yeah, I don't even remember what it was. It was couldn't have been very memorable. Yeah. But I do, I mean, I think it had that nice little kind of, but it was a very sex in the city. And I think this is what I was expecting, like her dating, like meeting guys, right. dating, having dating situations. It's a more traditional sex in the city yeah. storyline where, you know, beginning, middle, end. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Who do we want to talk about next? Do you want to talk about Miranda? Um, yeah, let's talk about Miranda. This is, oh. Did this storyline bother you? No. Oh. Well, I mean, I didn't really, it's, with her, it's not so much of a, a a story, you know, hers is just this ongoing, continuing saga mm-hmm. with, with Che. But, you know, it's just, it, it's becoming so much more obvious that they're there is no way that these two can stay together long term. Yes. Um, and at the end of it, Che basically said, you know, I need you to, I need some space and I need you to leave for several days. So we'll yeah. see what happens with well, that. But I, I also think that, well, I don't blame Che in that moment. Miranda really wasn't reading the Yeah, Miranda well. was was uh, trying to make her feel better about the whole pilot thing, but really wasn't yeah, helping. Mm, wasn't reading the room. Well, my first question that I wrote down was, was Miranda always a big klutz? It feels like they're really making yeah. Miranda a bigger and She's bigger dork. She's always falling. She, she, was, she was always a little nerdy and mm-hmm. dorky in the original series. Like, she was always kind of the uncool one. But in this in the last two seasons of this show, they've made her into an uber dork. Yeah. Like, the first thing that happens, I mean, the first scene scene of the show is, you know, waking up at 5 a.m., being at Che's place in Hudson Gardens. I'm not quite sure where that is in relationship to Brooklyn. But um, waking up there, and the first thing is, is that she bangs right into a chair or something yeah, she stubs her toe stubs her chair. toe and it's like god i mean every episode she's doing something goofy yeah so basically they're on these schedules where miranda gets up at 5 a.m every day so that she can go back to brooklyn and she can you know she says she's gonna go to wake up brady but really she's trying to connect with her son yeah you know so she, or he'll sleep the day away which i also have a teenage son but and if I don't wake him up, he will sleep the day away, too. It's summertime. So I don't blame her. Yeah. But I you mean, know. she's she's mostly going, I think, just to try to, some, yeah. to, to to be with him again. Yeah. To yeah. be with him and, you know, she to, to repair their relationship, whatever. And meanwhile, Che is up until, you know, four or five in the morning smoking weed and playing video games in the next room Mm -hmm. with their friends yes uh, while miranda's trying to sleep and nobody's getting any sleep and they just have these ridiculous opposite lifestyles and i don't know why she's staying at chase so much because because she moved in was she was supposed to be moving into naya's place well no because that's but she's staying at chase place because she doesn't want to sleep at the couch anymore and the whole thing that we soon learn is is that steve was supposed to be looking for another place but naya said come live with me yeah but that was after the fact i think that what this was like I think that Steve said, I'm going to look for a place. And so I think that it was supposed to be temporary. So I think Miranda's like, great. While Steve's looking for a place, I'll stay at Chase. And I think that this is what's been going on since the summer. And I think Steve's been dragging his heels. And this is the whole thing is that Miranda doesn't feel like she can say anything to Steve. And this is what's been happening for months and months and months. But she won't say anything to him. But I swear to God, in the episode the week prior, Mm -hmm. 
Naya said, come stay with no, me. No, it was this episode. She said, Andre Rashad, come stay with me. This this is okay, when she said it. But but remember yeah, and then they she went to go shopping. look for beds. Right. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know, whatever. I yeah. just I just want Miranda out of Che's life. <laughs> I don't care how it happens. I don't care what where she goes, if she goes to Naya's place or back to Brooklyn. I just want these two apart. Yes. Because God damn it, I like Miranda. And yeah. this this relationship is just not good for her. Mm-hmm. It's dragging her down. She needs to focus on her, her family and, yes. and her law studies. Yes. Well, good. And I'm very glad that Miranda is back in yeah, school. She's back, she's back, in, back school. in school, which is good and all that. Now, did I or did I not say last week? That Che should not have purchased that apartment. <laughs> you did. I did. <laughs> you did. So I told you so, Che. Yeah. That you do not, after one pilot, purchase an expensive apartment because these shows very rarely get picked up. Well, that was Thank the first you. thing that they said after the after the focus group is yes. how am I gonna pay for this apartment? And that's what I said. <laughs> that's what I said. Again, dumb. Dumb. That's another reason why Che is annoying. That is right. that is another reason why Che is annoying. She does not think things through. <laughs> okay. Oh, and another, you know, exhibit 47 <laughs> as to why the Che character is insufferable. When uh, they were out to dinner and Miranda oh, was talking God, about her yes. spicy curry and how spicy it was. And, oh, yes. And um, I know exactly. Yes. Yeah, so Che makes this comment about how, you know, the, hopefully the spice, she'll get the spice off of her lips or, or something because she doesn't want to have uh, curry lingus <laughs> later because it's a spicy curry. Yes, curry lingus. Yeah, curry I wrote lingus. that down. That's that is the dumbest hack again. Hacky, hacky, hacky joke. That's not fucking funny, Che. <laughs> no. Oh my god. But that's the thing is is that's why like a good comedian would never make that joke or they would make fun of themselves for making that joke. Yeah, it's almost like a dad joke. Yes, it's a dad joke. That the Uber from the bedroom to the bathroom is a dad joke. They would never, ever, ever do that on a stage and at the comedy store in L.A. Yeah, that's why. (laughs) That is why. Yeah, I mean, again, you know, and I think that the, the whole thing is no one thinks that Sara Ramirez is a bad actress, actors. Um, nobody thinks any of that. Like, it's got nothing to do with non-binary. It's got nothing no, to do with No, it's an annoying person. It's the writing, Michael Patrick King. It's yeah. you. You're the problem. <laughs> All a, right. As we know. As we know. So then the other little, there's only, the other things are very, very small where we talked about LTW um charlotte the big the big thing with charlotte is rock gets discovered <laughs> as a um model in when they were um out skateboarding, skateboarding for ralph Lauren. yeah of what course, are the chances of yeah. that <laughs> just like charlotte was a teen model <laughs> at the for, mall at the mall for <laughs> ralph Lauren. and i guess the big thing with this storyline was supposed to be about how Charlotte never gets to be the fun parent and this they've had this role reversal and Harry now is like the hard tough parent and Charlotte gets to be the fun parent and then there's this whole weird thing that seems so odd and again Harry dress gets back (laughs) 
He keeps the wig and the Mike Matthew Reed's uh, from, Americans from outfit. Americans. And he goes and he shows up to the shoot and, you know, pretends to be like a stranger to find out what's going on. The whole thing was very weird and goofy. And I didn't quite understand any of it at all. I thought we were going to be I was a little disappointed because I thought the Charlotte storyline was going to continue with her going back to work. Well, I think it's I mean, I thought it was cute. I mean, again, it was you know, it's just a kind of a cute, goofy thing. I don't know yeah. how this propels the the story forward. I I thought I saw a clip, you know, in one of these trailers or one of these packages of future episodes. And there was a clip of Charlotte saying that, oh, I guess I'm a manager or a momager now, mm. you know, because she's going to get involved in rocks modeling and doing mm-hmm. whatever. And. She says, I, 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 just, I don't have time to work or go back to work. So I think that work, that job opportunity comes back around mm. maybe in okay. some way. But mm. that's, a, anyway, can, that's like reading tea leaves. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, Interesting. But I thought it was kind of cute. Yeah. Again, I'd like to say Harry, high price divorce attorney has tons of time to just <laughs> put on these outfits and just go on down to the place. But Okay. <laughs> Um, and then, of course, we see, you know, the whole Seema thing to wrap that up. The penis bump guy, she keeps dating him. And then, you know, um, the big thing is, is that after they have sex, she gets out her vibrator and he thinks that's not cool for mm-hmm. her to use a vibrator. So she's like, you got to be kidding me here because you're using a penis pump. <laughs> he leaves and she basically keeps using the vibrator. Yeah, It's a very Samantha storyline. And yeah. when I was thinking about it, though. I felt very unsatisfied. You know, it didn't have that. The, and that's what I was trying to think about it. The the actress, what's her name? Sharita. She's, I mean, she's a, she's a great uh, actress. Sarita Chowdhury. Yeah, she's a great actress, beautiful mm-hmm. and talented. And it's nothing against her. I just, it, 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 I don't know. I don't know if it's, if when they had the um, voiceover, it felt more complete or something like that. Mm-hmm. But there was something about this. It felt very Samantha and yet it didn't have that same satisfaction. I feel like they would have written Samantha like a very catchy, funny thing to say back or she would have kicked him out or she would have something more. She would have said something to him on the way out about um, who are you to, you know, to question me or something. She, yeah, there was no like, like funny line to close it out. Yeah. She just was there with her vibrator and I have to say fully closed, which is, I think is odd that the man, Ed, is completely naked. Yeah. She is completely clothed. Mm-hmm. And it's like, come on, even Kristen Davis showed us her tits this season. You know? Yeah. It's did like, she? She did. Oh, yeah. Remember okay. the episode where everyone had sex in yeah. the beginning? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Cynthia Nixon's getting naked all over the place Cynthia here. Cynthia Nixon's. Uh, I got it all hanging out. I mean, come mm-hmm. on, give us a little, at least like get down to a, a bra. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. And then there was another scene, that scene, that episode where everyone was having sex. It was mm-hmm. the same kind of thing she had on this long negligee. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, didn't didn't go past that. But yeah. Yeah. If, I mean, if they're going to make her the Samantha character, they've got to make her <laughs> the Samantha character. But I mean, even the other part of it, like, it was just Kim Cattrall, even if she was naked or not, she would have had, you know, yeah, she would have had some speech. She would have had, like, a better, she would have, like, shown him mm-hmm. and been like, 
you know, and it just doesn't have that same satisfaction. Yeah. So, well, yeah, and this episode was written by uh, Samantha Irby uh-huh. and this new guy, I think, Lucas Frolich. Yeah, I heard him on the podcast yeah. as well. So I was hoping it might be a little bit better since they're they're the credited writers. But mm-hmm. see, that's the thing that the the influence of Michael Patrick King is so strong, you know, yeah. because he basically writes the show and then lets people kind of gratuitously, you know, yeah. change some things. But he has final say. And I mean, listen to even if you even if you don't want to listen to the the if you care about this, uh, even if you don't care about the podcast, listen to the the writer's room. Just the, anybody who's interested, just listen to the writer's room just a little bit and you will get a sense of how everything is done. Because Samantha Irby and that Lucas guy, they barely get to talk. Yeah. Like he talks. He dominates. Over, he dominates. He talks over. Yeah. Everybody. He interrupts just, people. It's exhausting. Uh, it really yeah, is. I think you might, maybe for your own mental health, you might need to stop I think I might. To that. But it's a weird sickness. It where is. I, I need it's to like. like a, it's a car crash. It know? is. You can't look away. Well, the last thing is, it's just Naya. Naya has her first one night stand and oh, it's yeah. fabulous. I've forgotten about her. <laughs> and it's great and it's fabulous and it's wonderful. Well, when is she going to have her first you know, real storyline yes. this season, you know? I mean, yeah, she's a great, Karen Pittman's a great actress and they're just, they're not using her enough at all because there's too many damn characters. Yeah. You know, and that's, that. I think that's, again, another another problem. But yeah, on the podcast, Samantha Irby didn't really even get to say much at all and I think she's a really interesting person mm-hmm. and has things to say and we didn't get anything from no, her. No, this was, this has become all about... <laughs> MPK Ugh. and his wants and needs. It's his world. We all just live in it. Yes, yes. So it will be interesting. But we, di- I did see scenes for next week, and they start to talk about Aiden. Doesn't mean we have, we're going to see Aiden, right? Yet, but there's it's. Oh coming. yeah, they ask who's Aiden. Yes, <laughs> Naya does. So Naya has something to do next week. She gets to ask <laughs> who's Aiden. She, she, she gets a line or two. Yes. All right. So, all right. Well, we we there's some other we want to talk about. What are we going to talk about? Okay, we're, we're going to talk, talk about, about a couple other sort of hot topics. Yes. Um, we want to talk about the Jonah Hill yes, controversy, yes. and then just say a very few words about the Kardashians because we have been watching it, but we're not going to cover it because no. the show is terrible. Ugh. And you know, I just don't even care anymore. Mm-hmm. Yet I'm still watching the show. What well, I, I kind of sort of, and then, again, but I fast forward car, through a lot. Yeah, again, it's another car crash situation. But um, well, you t- let's talk about Jonah Hill because I've been. Um, I went through and I was looking at all the text messages, but it's been a few days since I looked looked at it. You you tell me what do, what do you think? Okay, so basically Jonah Hill has a ex girlfriend. Mm-hmm. He actually just had a baby with his current current girlfriend. Yeah, but this is the girlfriend before that, and she's a professional surfer. Um, Her name's Sarah Brady. Sarah Brady, and so she has put him on blast yes, and she she's has. put out a bunch of text messages that he sent to her while they were together. And basically it just reveals that he was very, very insecure. Mm-hmm. He did not want her. Um, well, he was, he was upset that she was posting photos of her in bikinis that he didn't like they were too sexy and but hello she's a professional surfer yeah and all of these pictures from my understanding existed prior to them getting together and it was probably the reason for them getting together i'm sure he saw her and something and 
uh, went after her. And of course, the only reason she probably had anything to do with him is because he is Jonah Hill. Yes. Okay. So he's telling her not to to, to talk to any. Uh, that I means this is so high school. Yeah. He's basically saying, "I don't want you talking to any of these other surfers. I don't want you talking to any guys. I don't want you posting sexy pictures." Blah blah blah. Uh, he says, "I'm insecure," you know. Uh, and I, I, this is he says, "This is a boundary that I'm making, and I don't want you to, mm-hmm. you know, cross my boundary." And so basically. He's using, and this is a guy who's had a lot of therapy. He made a whole documentary uh, on Netflix about mm-hmm. his therapy. Yes. So he's very familiar with all the therapy terms. Yes. And there's this guy who's on YouTube. His, um, he calls himself, I think, the pop psychologist. Oh, is this therapy with Jeff? Is no. Is this this Jeff guy? Oh, okay. It's mind. this guy. He's uh, David Colarossi. Okay. And he... Uh, I watched something where he was talking about it and he basically said that um, he's Jonah Hill is leveraging his knowledge of of psychobabble to to be dismissive of her and to weaponize it against her and make her feel like she's doing something wrong. And I don't know why this is so interesting, but um, what do you you think? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, and I see this all the time. It's always fascinating to me because I'll have clients come to me and say, Well, my friend has come to me and said that they need me to do, and they'll list out these things, X, Y, and Z, very similar to this, Mm. where they'll tell me um, they need me to start doing, you know, they need me to, um, I'm trying to think of an example. Here's an example where I had this client where she told me about a vacation she went on with a friend, and the friend was like, well, my boundaries are that you know, we need to eat at this time or we need to do this at this, this way and this way and this way. And she kept using the word boundaries. These are my boundaries. These are this and that. It's like, no, she's just being controlling. Right. Like that's not a boundary. And that's what, that's what this guy was saying. And, and I had to tell my client like, no, that's not a boundary. That's just her desire. Like she just wants to eat at that time, but she's using words like boundaries and this and that. To make it feel like, oh, well, if I don't, respect her boundaries Boundary, i'm then, a bad friend yes and, i'm a bad person i'm a bad friend i'm a bad yeah. this i'm a bad that and th- this is this has been the flip side of what's happened in the last 15 plus years of the internet and all of the information i mean this has been what i found so fascinating is i went to grad school 20 years ago and Um, what's been, what's changed so much is, is that 20 years ago before social media, you know, you had to go to the library, you had to look up these terms, triggers and boundaries Mm -hmm. and narcissists. Yeah. And all of these things. So people didn't use them so much. And when I would work with people, you know, you had to kind of really educate people about words and phrases. And so they didn't use them so freely. And what's been so interesting is when I meet especially in the, especially in the last 10 years is more and more people will come to you and they'll have all this knowledge and all this information about things and what the work has changed so much it's less about educating people it's more about helping them like understand what things really mean mm-hmm. and also helping them um almost tune out the white noise of everything that's out there i'm like don't listen to this don't listen to that don't worry about this don't worry about that get rid of this it's almost like you have to teach people to stop paying attention to everything that's out there because there's too much Mm -hmm. so 
Yeah, people weaponize a lot of these things or they hear it from one person or they read some little article here and there and they're like, oh, I know what boundaries are now or oh, I know what narcissism is now. And it's it's very, very common. But boundaries aren't, you know, boundaries aren't like, I don't like how you do this, so I want you to do this now. A boundary is essentially, it's it's an invisible line and it's it's a way that you're, and it's got nothing to do with, what the other person is doing, Mm -hmm. actually. A boundary is not about what I want you to do. A boundary is about you. A boundary is about what you will accept. What you will accept. And it's a way of sort of silently telling people, this is how I want to be treated. Mm -hmm. So, for example, I'm trying to think of a good example. Um, You know, um, I'm trying to think of a good, I'm trying to think of a good example I can't think of one off the top of my head of like a better way for Jonah Hill to give her a boundary of a way. I don't know how he would, he can't set a boundary that controls her behavior. Yeah. You know, and that's what he's trying to do and misusing that word because I mean, if he were to set a boundary for himself, I guess it would be, I'm not going to date women who post uh, bikini, post bikini photos because that makes me feel insecure. Yes. That would be, that would be a boundary for himself. That would be his choice. And then she could decide Mm -hmm. whether or not, um, you know, she wanted to continue dating him or not, you know, based upon that boundary that he had. Yeah. That's, that's yeah, absolutely. And so he can say to her, you know, my boundary is I don't, I don't date when, you know, this is my own insecurity and I'm, I know it's silly and weird and dumb and I get it and I'm working on it, but it just doesn't make me feel comfortable and I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Then I gotta, you know, I gotta yeah. go and I'm working on it or whatever. And, you know, okay. You know, yeah. whatever that is. Um, I mean, I, I certainly think in relationships, you can say something to the effect of it's really, I find it really uncomfortable that, um, you know, you're having long texting sessions with, you yeah. know, this male and it makes me uncomfortable in that way. I mean, you have the right to to express some discomfort when you see something. But, you know, you can't talking dictate. to someone in the water. Is right. Really? I mean, and this is saying this is her job. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. What if a, if a surfer comes over and tries to talk to her? What is she supposed to say? Oh, no, no, no. Can't talk to you. Get yeah. away. You know, I mean, this I mean, this is really kind of scary behavior. Yeah. And it's it, that's what abusers do. Yeah. You know, they try to isolate people. They, they put all these rules in place. You can't talk to other men or other women and they mm-hmm. try to isolate them. And as if you can somehow prevent someone from cheating on you or whatever you think is going to happen. Yeah. You know, by saying, just don't talk to any don't talk to any men. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's. You know, this is just this is just pure insecurity. Yes. And 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 it's accepted and women tolerate it, you know, and that would be a boundary to set, you know, Mm -hmm. that you don't allow any men to dictate. uh, Yeah. Who you you can talk to. How you live your life. Or how you dress or. Yeah. Well, the other interesting thing, I thought this was a very interesting thing. One of the texts he says to her, well, I was just reaching out to you because, you know, you're in a new scary situation for yourself, meaning that she had moved to Hawaii, I think, to go to law school. Mm -hmm. And she said, who, who, she said, why do you think this is scary to me? And I thought that was so interesting because I thought in my mind too, where did he get scary from? Mm. And it's very interesting. I wonder if he he projects yeah. these scary words. Scary for him. Yeah, scary for him, but also I'm going to tell her this is scary. Mm. I'm going to I'm going to 
I'm going to inject this. Or maybe this is, yeah, maybe it's scary for him. Or maybe I'm going to tell her this is scary. Or you should be nervous about this. You should Mm -hmm. be worried about this. I mean, the reality is this, is that Jonah Hill's been famous for a long, long time. He is a bit of, I mean, I think his family's in the business. He's a bit of a Nepo baby. I mean, come on. He is not a handsome guy. He would not have been the, none of these women he's been getting, he would, would ever want him otherwise. And he knows it. And that makes him feel really, really uncomfortable. And he's never quite wrapped his brain around that. And that's the work that he needs to do. He needs to do the work of, you know, accepting that. Yeah. Partially why these women want me is my fame is my money is what I can bring to the table. But you know, the thing is, is that these women are attracted to you for other. And what I think is really interesting is I think that what I would think that what these women would be attracted to you for. I never thought he was super cute, but I think like someone like Seth Rogen is cute. Well, and, and because, he's, and he's because funny. of the personality, You're because right. of the funniness. Yeah. But now that we see this, we're like, oh, you don't have a great personality. Yeah. So now it's like. Oh yeah, why were people attracted to you? Because you're kind of a dick. Yeah. Because if you're if you're if you're a funny guy and you you have a good personality and you're a decent person, you can get women. Yeah. Women love love that. Yes. But um he doesn't seem like he's you know, very funny in real life. Yeah, I don't so know. it's like, oh yeah, no, you are re- yeah. So you are wondering why people like you right. because you're kind of a dick. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And, yeah, and, and I don't really I'm not familiar with all of his work, but I don't know, he's I mean, he's a good actor. I've seen, you know, he was good in The Wolf of Wall Street. He's been good in things. He was good in Superbad. He's been good in a lot of movies. He's he's a talented actor. It's just, you know, I don't know. I don't know how all of this is going to change things for him. I don't know. But it definitely, I think, is going to... I, I think it's going to change things because I think that it changes his image. Yeah. And this guy, uh, uh, David Colarossi, he was saying that the I guess he saw like all the text messages and he said that some of these text messages were like seven paragraphs long oh my god and he said the energy of them was just really not good it's like hello pick up a phone people I know you know what people I'm gonna give you some advice (laughs) some legal advice some legal advice because I work in you know I do litigation and and you know when <laughs> when it, you when you file a lawsuit and texts and emails start coming out, mm-hmm. I mean, you really have to text an email as if someday that's going to be in a courtroom. Yeah. It could be published somewhere, uh, whatever. If you if you're going to say anything sensitive, pick up the phone. Mm-hmm. You really. Oh, I mean, yeah, ugh, it's the worst. But yeah, <clears throat> and anyway. you shouldn't. But the other thing is too, and I, t- I say this to couples that I work with too, which is you, when you're in a couple, you should be texting things like, Hey, when are you going to get home? Pick up milk. Yeah. You know, what's the traffic like? You know, I'm on the yeah. 101. Like you should not be texting things like, how dare you do that to me? And <laughs> fuck you. And blah, 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 blah. You should not be texting because text messages, I know we they have nev- emojis. They never go away. But, but they never go away. They but they also, away. you cannot convey what's really happening mm-hmm. and how you feel and conversations and subtext and all of that. You need to do it. You need to do it in person, but at the very least, try to do it over the phone. Yeah. Or maybe Zoom. Okay, yeah. so don't do these things over text. Yeah. Okay. 
So, um, good luck to Jonah yes. Hill. Ugh. <laughs> good luck in your next good, relationship. No, good luck to Sarah Brady. <laughs> yeah. I hope you. I hope you heal from this and you find someone that really loves you and appreciates you. There you go. All right. So the Kardashians. Ay, ay, ay. Um, I am just growing very weary of the, the show. Is just getting more and more produced. Yes. I well, think this season is more produced than the last season, which was mm-hmm. more produced than the last season. I mean, th- I don't feel like any of this is very real. I mean, where where are Kylie and Kendall? They're I mean, bare, I don't really care, but bare, I don't even, yeah. I don't even, I don't care where any of them are. I don't care where anyone really is. They're but I mean, barely there. Well, because I don't think they don't have anything going on in their lives that's, I mean, like Kendall and Kylie went out and rode horses together. Mm-hmm. They went, Kendall taught her how to drive. I mean, this well, we is we haven't the seen of, them since that was the first two episodes. Yeah. The, this, We're this on is episode eight now. This is the kind of stuff that, that, that this is all they can offer. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's basically like the Kim show. Yeah. You know, and Courtney and Chloe are, again, it's the Courtney, it's the same sister dynamic. It's mm-hmm. the same as it always has been. And then Chris is kind of in the middle of all of it. And, but like there was this one in several episodes this season, there have been these scenes where Chris comes over to Kim's house or goes over to Chloe's house, or whatever, and sits there and tells them how great they are yeah. for like five minutes. Yes. And it's like, okay, you, you know, she's trying to do this PR for them and, you know, rehabilitate their image for, mm-hmm. and it's like, <laughs> This is so dumb. It's it's just it's 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 just boring. Yes. You know? Well, so yeah. I mean the first couple episodes were boring and then okay. I want to talk about this whole Courtney Kim oh, yeah. wedding thing. Okay. I mean, first off, the whole fight is is a really dumb fight mm-hmm. in general. But you see in the first couple episodes where Kim and Chris are talking about this opportunity that mm-hmm. Kim got to creative direct the Dolce & Gabbana show, right? And it's for the fall. So this is the fall of last year. And um, Courtney got married in the spring of last year, and she wore a bunch of Dolce & Gabbana 90s retro outfits. Mm-hmm. And everybody did, all the sisters. and well, Everybody Everyone did. was dressed in this vintage... I guess 90s is vintage now. Um, So, and Kim alludes to the fact that Courtney, that she doesn't like how, it's a great opportunity, but she doesn't like how close it is. So Kim has an inkling Mm -hmm. that her sister is going to be pissed. Mm -hmm. She has a sense of it. Chris also doesn't really say anything about it, but Chris is there and has an inkling also. Mm -hmm. Now, Chris manages, these are both her daughters, Mm -hmm. And she manages both of them. So she also has this inkling. Now, in this moment in time of being a good manager, a good mother, and good communication, you would think to yourself, hmm, why not go talk to Courtney? No, let's not do that. Let's not possibly just nip this in the bud or right ha- now. Yeah, have them all get together have and talk. Have everybody get together yeah. and talk and maybe be healthy and normal. Mm-hmm. No, we. you're all aware of this now. Instead, Kim you know, apparently has some real quick conversation with her, then goes off to, to Milan and, and then, then it becomes this whole thing. Courtney finds out about it. She's upset. She talks to everybody around her and then Kim gets wind of it. Kim's pissed. Kim starts talking smack about her, how she has no friends. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. How she has no friends, how she's a loser, (laughs) all of this stuff. 
And then finally, and then they're both pissed at each other. And then it takes another couple episodes for them yeah. to ever get in a room to have together. A talk. So they finally have this talk. Now, Courtney is not my favorite person. And she really does say like every other oh, word. Yeah, it's, oh, it's exhausting. And um, Courtney's trying to explain her side of the story <laughs> and trying to say to her, you know, this was a big deal to me. This was my wedding. This was really important to me. And Kim's defending herself and saying, yes, I know, but I, I, you know, I didn't have them pull anything that was very similar to your, um, to what was at your wedding and all of this. And, and of course, Kim in the background, not to her face, but Kim in the background's like, you know, my wedding was in Italy <laughs> and Andre Bocelli was at my wedding and he was at your, I mean, yeah, like really kind of get really like bad. really shoving it in her face, which isn't, she's not wrong about those things those things are true and but what Courtney says and I thought this was very astute was she said I think the reason why they didn't say anything to me ahead of time was that if I had asked Kim not to do it I don't think Kim would know what to say yeah and I think she nailed the she nailed it because I think that Kim knew that if she went to Courtney and had that conversation with her and Courtney, I mean, if Kim went to Courtney and Courtney said, I'd really prefer for you not to do this, I don't think Kim could have said no. And I don't think she no. wanted to say no. And, and when they were having their talk, Courtney said, she said, just in general, talking about Kim and the way that she, not, not only the way she handled this, but kind of the way she handles everything, she mm -hmm. said, she said something like, I really think you need to take a look at yourself and ask yourself, when do you have enough? Mm. Or when is it enough? Mm -hmm. um, which is basically saying, like, you will do anything to f for exposure, to make a buck, mm -hmm. to whatever, even if it hurts somebody yeah. like your sister. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if that w was really registering with Kim, because she didn't respond to it, mm -hmm. or at least not in the editing. But yeah, I mean, I think... Because this goes back to when they were fighting about how Courtney didn't want to work as much mm -hmm. and she wanted to spend more time with her kids. And she was trying to set boundaries and saying, I am not going to work all these crazy hours and mm -hmm. do all this stuff like you guys want to do. I'm going to come in at this time and I'm going to leave at this time. And that pissed Kim off. And that that was when they got in that physical altercation. Mm -hmm. And... So, and Kim's like, you know, what's wrong with everybody? They don't want to fucking work, you know? And, and mm -hmm. they, they're just, they're so at odds. And I just think that Courtney can't stand Kim's <laughs> essence and like just, and vice versa. Yeah. I, yeah. They're like oil and water. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and, and from what I've heard, I don't really think they are very close. No. They don't spend much time together. Um, Chloe just sort of goes back yeah. and forth between them so but i i, I think they they see things so so differently mm -hmm. i think they see yeah they th they see things radically differently but to me i i the person that i blame the most is i blame chris yeah. like i would just like to say when i worked in hollywood i worked with a manager i was a junior manager myself and that is management 101 mm -hmm. is you have clients they may um there may be conflicts of interest at times and you as the manager your job is to manage those things mm -hmm. and you knew you had this problem and chris acted like she was just like doo, 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 
I'm hello, you're taking 10, 15% from both of these people. Like, you're not going to do jack shit for either of these people. You needed to get in there and have and negotiate, talk, have a conversation, work with Dolce Gabbana, talk to Kim about it, talk to Courtney about it. I find it hard to believe that Dolce and Gabbana, if Kim had gone to them and said, listen, this is my sister. This is our relationship. Can we do this next year? Can we just do, please, please let me do this next year. Because I do think that Kim really wanted to do this. I do think, because Courtney was acting like this was a money grab. And I don't think it was so much a money grab. I do think based on Kim's... um, what she does and who she is. I do think this was something that was important to her. I don't think it was like an, she's got this new energy drink out. I think that's a money grab. Yeah. I think this her slapping credi- her name. credibility. Yeah. I yeah. think her slapping her name on a product is a money grab. I think her, you know, creative directing for a major house in Europe, you know, d- fashion week. Mm-hmm. I think that's a big friggin' yeah, deal. And is. I get why she wanted to do it. So, I do understand that and I understand her her position in that. So a good manager would have thought about both clients and how do I make both my clients happy and how do I make peace with all of this as opposed to just burying my head in the sand right. and hoping it all works out. And then Chris has done nothing. I'm like, what are you doing yeah. for your 10, 15, I don't know how much you, 10 or 15%. What are you doing for your money, Chris? Yeah. And, and instead, yeah, you're absolutely right. Every scene with Chris, I fast forward through a lot of them. Every scene with Chris is either her like, I want to see how my brain is doing. So I'm going to go get a scan oh, or, or it's like, Oh, Chloe, you just take care of everybody. You're so giving. You're such a loving mother. Oh, Kim, you just do so much. Oh, Courtney, you are so wonderful. It's yeah. like, shut up and do your job. Oh, chef, make a cup of tea. Oh, for Scott. Oh, do. Oh, 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 she is just the princess. I mean, I, yeah, I love that when she, she opens this little door and she's like, chef, can you make some tea for? I mean, she just has a chef just standing yeah. by waiting for if someone wants to. Does the chef a cup have a of tea? Have a goddamn name? Does this person have a name? <laughs> I don't know. Just chef. Just no, chef. And Chris is becoming kind of a weird person. I think all all of this has gone to her head quite a bit. I mean, I don't know. And she's starting to look like Michael Jackson. <laughs> she no, I'm serious. She needs to stop with yeah. the um, plastic surgery. She's seriously like her, and her, she's getting the Michael Jackson nose. And I have it, to look at it. Yeah, I don't she, know. she. Oh, they're, they're, this is it's such a strange life they have. Yeah. It's such a strange family. It's such a strange way that they all came to be where they are now. It's just weird. Yeah. Well, and that's what that's what Chris was talking about too. Is like, is this all too much? Have I done too much? Is this all? Have we all entered a a new weird phase and it's like, yeah you have yeah you have you're at a new weird place yeah and that's the problem i think that's the problem with the reality show is is that you, there's you can't do a reality show about these people anymore because there is no reality no. Your, your lives are so it's not even like it's not even like the real housewives of beverly hills where you have these rich lives like your lives are beyond yeah. rich people's lives kim just like your billionaires yeah, kim now. just bought this house in malibu that she's going to renovate yeah i mean uh, i mean you're you, you've they got, have private they, they have their own <clears throat> private jets i mean these people yeah you're billionaires now like you're not even a regular multi-millionaire you know 
famous person mm-hmm. following you around kind of thing. You, you, you're yeah. now billionaires that have so much goddamn money you don't even know what to do with yeah. billionaires. So it's, it isn't. And I, I really think they need to just let the show go. The show, I mean, what's the point anymore? But I, I think it still drives their products. You know, there are there are a lot of people out there, obviously, who yeah. well, buy I, their I, stuff. I'd be very curious to see what the numbers are and the ratings are for the show, because do they really need the show anymore? Because people are still going to buy if the show wasn't around. Would they still buy Skims, Good American? You know, are people I'm very curious about Courtney's stuff. I mean, are people buying? I just are, ordered some of her gummies. Oh, you did? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. So you're, I, you're a Courtney fan. <laughs> well, what I are know. these gummies? I was curious about it. They're different gummies for like they have one. Oh, God, I hate matcha. She seems to love matcha. Yeah, she I loves matcha. Stand. She Oof. has a matcha one that I think is supposed to be for energy. She has one that's it's called chill that you know supposed to chill you out. Mm-hmm. There's a, a digestive one. There's one for um, your you know female health uh-huh. um, wellness. Um, so, yeah, I ordered one for me and one for Layla. I'm going to try them. <laughs> okay. We're going to try them out. No, so yeah. I'll let you All know. Right. Well, you t- you tell I'll, me. I'll give you a review. Uh, but. I just don't. I don't. I, I find Courtney. So I, I'm happy she's happy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I am. She seems very, very happy. I'm happy she's happy. But I just find her so irritating. Well, she's just, just grating to, like, listen to. Yeah. And, well, and just, just her like, whole, her whole, like, veganism and the health stuff and all yeah. of that. I just find it really. I just. I just find it all so irritating and shoved in my face way too much that mm-hmm. I just don't, I don't care. Yeah. So, anyway, well, but like Kylie's never around. Kendall's never around. I mean, again, I don't care, but yeah. they're never around. And Chloe, I really feel like they're uh, gearing up and prepping us for the return of Tristan. Mm. I really think that he is going to be back. Well, she said they're not together, though. Oh, but she's. That's what she always says. That's mm. what she said before the last time she took him back. Right. I mean, that doesn't mean anything. Well, maybe she really loves she, him. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think she does. But, I mean, then that's her choice, you know. But I, th- I that's my prediction. All right. Well, well, yes, I know. Those kids are so cute. They're just the cutest little things. Well, yeah, I just love they, seeing them all run around. Little Dream and yeah, they are. Oh, cute. yeah, they had the birthday party for Dream. Dream, and then I think earlier in the season there was one for. Um, oh yeah, true. Yes, yeah, uh, yeah. I think so. They, all those parties look alike. They're all like yeah, the way balloons. insane and yeah, yeah. I mean, just even the birthday parties and all of it's just all beyond it's all over the top. Yeah. yeah, it's like even the house, like Kim's bedroom. I'm like, is this her bedroom or is this like a set bedroom? Because there's nothing in it. Yeah. It's like a bed. Her house has and a nothing stark on the walls. White bedroom. Like, yeah. is this the bed that Kanye built? <laughs> you know, I don't know. All of that tell. stuff. Anyway. Anyway. All right. Well, I think we got to wrap it up. So thank you so much if you're still here <laughs> for tuning it's in. It's a long one. <laughs> thank you so much for tuning in. If you like this podcast, please give us a five-star review and say a few kind words. If you're not subscribed, please hit the subscribe button so that you get us in your feed every um, week. We are here right now currently every Monday with And Just Like That. And on Tuesdays with our sister wives um, recaps, we are recapping the, we're currently on season four and we will be 
Um, Sister Wives is coming back August 20th, and we will be um, recapping the new season. And we are on social media at Psych Legal Pop on Instagram and um, TikTok. And yeah, tell a friend, tell two friends, tell 10 friends, spread the word of Psych Legal Pop. Yes. Yes. Um, like it's, you know, like your life depends on it. <laughs> yeah. That's our new motto. Like your life <laughs> depends on it. Yeah. Help some sisters out. Yeah. Help us out here. Help, help some lawyers and therapists out. <laughs> I don't think that's very compelling. I know. We've got to all work. On. I'm workshopping it. I'm going to workshop that one. All, all right. right. See you next time. Bye. Bye. 